I have yet to hear one person talk about this guy is We're back. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan. And we are Fire the Cannon. So, hey, y'all, tonight we are so excited to welcome back our friend, the man. We You've missed him on the airwaves. You missed his sweet, amazing voice and all of his incredible insights. Please welcome back Hardball Harge. Yay! Yay. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. As always, I love chopping it up with you wonderful ladies. You you guys have done a great job over the years, and you continue to bring the noise as everybody likes to hear it. <laughs> and you bring a unique, you bring a unique perspective to the things that we all talk about every single day, but now y'all are talking about it on the on the airways, and this is so much fun to be here. So thank y'all as always for inviting me into the Fire the Cannon podcast. I love thank it. Thank you, Mike. I love it. We appreciate you being here, my man. So um, we've got a lot to catch up on. A lot no has changed in the past few months. Um, for those of you that are local to Austin, you probably have noticed some changes on the the terrestrial airwaves. You've noticed a lot of changes that have been hot and heavy and real fast and some pretty unexpected. Uh, Mike, can you kind of tell us what's been going on in your world and your realm and and maybe what we can expect in the next few months? Yeah, that, that, that's that's a great way of putting Mike. it. It is. Uh, it has been hectic. It's been one of those situations where you, you're used to getting in your car and punching that dial and being able to enjoy yourself on your ride into work or out of work and on mm -hmm. the way home to the grocery store, to wherever you're going. And a lot has changed. And unfortunately, I was part of that change. And there's a lot of great people that, that ended up having to make some changes. And I was one of those people. But the one thing that has always been there is change. So we've all been able to adjust to life after it. And there's a lot of great people that are doing some amazing things on YouTube channels and uh, podcasting and apps and all kinds of opportunities that are out there. And that's the beautiful thing about this and the world that we live in now. There's different ways to consume your content and still get what you're looking for. Uh, just like you ladies, you created this Fire the Cannon podcast. Everybody's hungry for it. They're thirsting for it. And they want to hear everybody else's unique takes on what they see, because not everybody can do what you ladies do. Nobody can, everybody can't do what I was doing at that time. It takes a unique perspective. And a lot of people believe in what you guys are talking about and what I had to say during that time, but things come to an end. There's some opportunities that are out there for everyone. And that is the beauty of YouTube, uh, social media. Everybody has a voice. And if, if used properly, if used properly, <laughs> so if used properly, there's a great platform for it all. So uh, don't be surprised if you don't hear your boy. You knew I was doing the Hard Knocks Life uh, prior to uh, me getting back into the, to the radio waves. And you never know. There might be a Hard Knocks Life coming sooner than later. What? Man. 
Maybe a little teaser there, my friend. Maybe a little Yeah, maybe, maybe. You never know. You never know. Well, that that's good news if something is coming in the works because we we all love your take. Austin and the broader audience that streamed you and could hear you around loved your takes. You come as a former professional athlete. You come as someone who was recruited and committed at one point to play football, right, for Texas. Yep. So you are um, a voice that people like to hear from. And we appreciate that you keep it real. You're not only a professional athlete, former fresh professional athlete yourself, but you're raising, you know, a young athlete and athletes. Right. You mm -hmm. have a son yep, that played yep, high yep, level yep. basketball and you have a son, okay. another son coming up who is his freshman year. Everyone knows DJ. If we know you, we know DJ. <laughs> because I care. Tell yeah. us what's happening with DJ, what you want to share about your freshman of high school. That's right. That's the that's the that's the crazy part about it, because, you know, last time I was with you guys, uh, DJ was this this soccer player, basketball player, football player and. He did pretty much everything, ran track. Well, now the time has come where he's decided I'm going to do something a little bit different. For those that don't know, DJ broke his leg a couple years ago, and it kind of yeah. changed his, his mindset on all the sports because we were in a fortunate situation where we he was able to play for the Austin FC. Well, when Austin FC, when they first had their academy, they only wanted their players just to play one sport. Well, DJ has his own mind, his own thought process. And everybody was like, I can't believe you made DJ quit. I was like, no, I didn't make DJ do anything. DJ decided that because he has a broad uh, idea of life and what it's all about. Yeah, you can be great at this. You can be great at that. But my, my young man, is exceptional in the classroom. He's very dedicated. He was former class president. Now he's in the high school realm. And this is his freshman year to where he is He is really trying to make a name for himself at this point. Uh, he's a freshman this year. He's going to be playing basketball. He's going to be playing soccer. He left, Lone, uh, he left Austin FC. Now he's playing for Lone Star Club because they let him be able to play whatever he wants to play. So he's had these opportunities. But the, the thing for me is I've had a son that's already graduated college that played uh, college basketball. Now I have a young man that is trying to make his way in high school. And I have a seven-year-old daughter. So people are asking me, what, <laughs> so the heck is wrong? what the heck is wrong with you, Mike? No, and I'm love like, it. they are keeping it. me young. They are keeping me engaged. And they keep me on my toes every single day. So I can't wait to see what happens with high school. Uh, obviously, Rocky, you got a young lady that is in high school as well. And you've gone through it the freshman year. Now she's in her sophomore year and trying to mature. And you're watching every step of the way. And I'm going to tell you, it's probably one of the most fun times in my life because of the fact when Mike was growing up early, I was still playing professional baseball. So I wasn't there a lot for every day for all the processes, for all the ups, for all the downs, for him being mad at me for being gone, for him uh, <laughs> dealing with his mom and all that other stuff. And, and to be clear, to be clear for those listening, the mic that we're talking about right now is Mike Harge's eldest. He yes. isn't talking in third person, y'all. No, I don't talk in third. I'm not the rock. Making that clear. I'm not the rock, you jabronis. I'm not the rock, you jabronis. son who played collegiate basketball. Yeah, played at Tarleton State. They actually got a chance to play Texas in a preseason game uh, his junior year, which was amazing for him to play at the drum 
at that time. Oh, nice. But not yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. He was on Sports Center. He made a half court shot right before halftime. Oh, uh, it was it was amazing. And they got destroyed by Texas, which That's I was kind of like I was kind of like, well, what do you expect? But now <laughs> it's like, let's now call you're looking at it all. Yeah. Right. Now you're looking at it all in, in in hindsight and you're you're proud of them, but now you have an opportunity to raise another child that is uh, successful not only on the field, but more importantly, off the field. I love it. Proud Papa stuff is really, really no here. Love that. No man. Well, let's let's talk just briefly, because you being a performer, prof professional athlete, there was a point in your life where you had to commit to one sport, um, but you played um, several sports growing up, right? And I know mm -hmm. at least football, baseball. What else did you dabble in or excel? Basketball, basketball and ran track as well. Right. So, yeah. Dang. So you're all around athlete. <laughs> what is your advice to young athletes? Because like for me, like you brought up my daughter, she's a, her goal is to play high level rugby. Um, mm -hmm. She's done softball. She's done gymnastics, all the things that are about body control and teamwork. Right now, she's going to be wrestling this year, um, <laughs> which is, makes you the perfect tackler, right? <laughs> so, exactly. Um, she's going to be wrestling at Westlake this year. So what is your thought? You said, you know, your son made his own decision about, I want to go do lots of things and not just soccer. How do you feel as an athlete about committing to one sport at an early age, a young age? Because we know a lot of kids, they're pressured to commit to one thing, but that not be might not be what their body and skill set and their mind is ready for. Agreed. Agreed. So, and, 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 you know, it, it sounds like we're old and old school type because when we were when we were younger, we played the sport that was active at that time. And mm -hmm. a lot of people have those abilities to be able to do so. Um, you never know what's going to end up being your path. And sports may not even be your path. But the one thing all sports will give you is the ability to learn something from each of those crafts. It's like with the soccer deal. My wife was a professional soccer player as well. So you look at the soccer and I was talking to Deuce Vaughn's mom the other day as a young player, Deuce played soccer. Look how that has helped him to be able to maneuver and get through and be able to have body control. The things that you were talking about with the rugby, learning from, from wrestling to be able to take that to tackling somebody down. So there's so many different things. And for me playing football, helped me on the baseball field. It also helped me on the basketball court because it was able for me to be able to use different muscles that I didn't have to use every single day. You see so many of these players that are, are trying to commit to something and being, oh, I got to play football every single day. No, you don't. Your body needs to rest. Your body, you need to be able to do different things. And these coaches that continue to go out there and say, you need to specialize. No, no. The only time you need 14, to specialize, now, right, because you may end up not wanting to play that sport next week. Yeah. <laughs> and you've already given up that opportunity to learn something else that you might be gifted in. I've yeah. been trying to get my kids to play golf for the longest time. Your kids would kill it in golf. <laughs> Not if you talk to them. Oh. They don't want to do that. But look, I think that's a really valid point. Like we are we are in an age where things are so highly specialized. And like, if you're not playing club baseball by the time that you're seven years old, you're never going to make it in the bigs, right? Like that is an insane mentality to me to right. take. And, and it's an insane burden to put on 
children's shoulders. And I do, I, I agree with that idea that that like, that takes away from their opportunities to learn and to excel and to, to understand different skill sets and to Correct. develop in other ways. Like this may sound stupid. I'm about to date myself y'all, but like, uh-huh. but she's the baby of when, the group. Yeah. So but when I was growing up, like there were, there were professional athletes and it was encouraged with certain sports, certain men's sports for, for guys to take ballet. And that yep. sounds insane now, but, the ability to have that body control, that awareness, the agility, the flexibility, that made you a better badass football player, right? Yes. Like, I know that Barry That's Sanders, why they're taking yoga now. That's yeah, why right. Yoga, Pilates, right. like yeah. elite athletes are everywhere. We, yeah. we remember that with Barry Sanders. Like, he took some crazy classes and, and it helped his, I mean. Lynn Swan. Swan, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Would Bijan have survived that insane tackle at Tech a couple years ago where oh, his nope. body went nope. in opposite directions? Where he looked like a scorpion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he didn't have that flexibility, like, I just feel like we are getting so specialized at such a young age as a society that we're really denying kids an opportunity and the ability to grow as athletes and humans in general by forcing these these ideals that oh no you need to know what you're specializing in by the time that you're ten years old that that is that's insane yeah that's insane yeah. to me so I won't I won't I won't even entertain those conversations if a coach comes up to me and and has that 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 mentality because that that shows me that you're not looking at the best interests of that kid you're yeah. looking at the best interest of you and you're not trying to maximize the abilities because that that kid that you're trying to specialize in he may be a better basketball player that will come back and help him on the football field that may be a kid that has the ability to be a goalie but yet you want him to be your catcher on your baseball team I mean there's so many different ways of viewing this and I've talked to a bunch of scouts I've talked to a bunch of my friends who have kids that are very athletic that have found other ways to to maximize their abilities and to take some of that pressure off of their body because they're using other muscles that they wouldn't use right. unless they were playing something else. Give your body a break. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. chill out. Injuries. Right. Let's yeah. chill out with the CTE on young no. kids and give no. them an opportunity to develop in other areas. You, you might no, no. notice that, Mike, how many little league World Series kiddos actually continue on to the big leagues, right? Like the, there's a stat where it's like minuscule. It is, especially in baseball. I mean, the yes. numbers are already minuscule anyway. Yes. So all these kids that get a chance to go and play at these little league World Series. I was talking to a guy the other day. We were watching it and he was like, "What? What? what's the most amount of pitches are they allowed to throw? And I was like, I know that if they throw over 70 pitches, they can't pitch for four days. They can't pitch for five days. And you start looking at some of these kids and you're like, man, I know it is Little League and they're not throwing as many fastballs. I mean, as many curveballs as much, but there's still that like, why are we throwing that much? And that kid is 10 years old, 12 years old. It's why we've seen the rise of like Tommy John surgery in 12 year olds. Tommy some John. kids are like, some parents are like, give him Tommy John because he'll throw harder. 
Right? Like, that's they'll fix him, make him bionic. Exactly. Bionic <laughs> man. You know, like, you know, we were we were watching, you know, real quick. I I know we're here to talk about football and it's football yeah, season. Yeah, we'll move on in just a sec. Yeah, I got you. I got you. This is a great conversation. It. This is a great yes. conversation. But a lot it. of parents listening have kiddos who are playing multiple sports or being pressured to play just one. And I feel like yeah, we saw ridiculous. that last year with Texas baseball, right? Like, LBJ had an incredible session where – he pitched so many pitches. The um the Stanford kid, his name escapes me right now. The gov- uh, um Williams. Yes, Williams. that threw. Yeah. My God, he was at what a hundred and and it, it was over hundred and fifty pitches in a game. Like yeah. that's insane to me. And I I understand that certain circumstances, like this kid may be done. He may not may not be like trying to pursue a pro career, and he wants to finish out strong. I understand that each one like is context based and circumstantial but we i feel like we are moving more towards this concept of like burn them out early it doesn't matter blow through who cares about their joints who cares about the longevity <laughs> and i think that's so detrimental to to this to multiple sports not just baseball not just football like we've got to take care of the health the physical like mental for sure too, but really the physical health of our kids as they're coming up through the system, like give your bodies still growing. (laughs) Their bones and joints are like still trying to connect and they're having them throw 400 pitches at a practice. Like crazy. It's ridiculous. All right. It's crazy. All right. Let's okay. We, (laughs) that was amazing. And thank you so much as a, father of athletes and as a professional athlete yourself we your insight is invaluable because you you know what you're talking about right i appreciate Um, it yeah exactly so let's let's talk about some semi-pro slash pro athletes the texas football (laughs) (laughs) um they're making bank good job i i wish all of them congrats 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 i wish all of them would get all the money all the time and i love that that's can't be it's low-key recruiting you know yep, yep, high yep, key yep. slash low-key recruiting low-key recruiting it's, it's very high key but our <laughs> coaching staff can't talk about it but here go sit with xavier worthy for lunch today <laughs> yeah go sit with him and talk to him for a little bit <laughs> all right so megan has a question for you about as we move to texas football all right i'm gonna Thank ask you. I'm going to ask that dreaded question, Harge. Don't do it, Megan. I'm going to do it. Don't do it. I'm going to say the words. Uh, Mike, is Texas back? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't <laughs> believe you went there to me. Oh, my gosh. You're trying to, you need me on that wall. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I can't handle the truth. You can choose oh. not to answer, but oh. I'm not going to lie. You're on the spot, my friend. No, you, I'm gonna say no. this. I am going to say this as a, a as a Texas uh, supporter, uh, as a, someone who has followed this program for quite some time, uh, as a big fan of it since my days in Colleen, Texas. I can honestly say this is the closest to being back that I would ever uttered those words (laughs) what i mean by that is obviously we have to go out and you got to be able to show it all on the field talent wise and i know everybody's biggest thing is texas always has talent texas always should be in the conversation and we all agree with that 
to a point. I like your white guy voice, by the way. That's yeah. <laughs> that was a good job. Voice. That's a good job. Oh, I appreciate that. I hung around <laughs> him. I hung around him. Uh, but I honestly sit here today and I am sipping the Kool-Aid at a very slow pace. At a very, very Don't slow choke point. on it, man. Listen. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't say I was guzzling. <laughs> I wasn't taking shots I'm of it. I'm with you. I said I am sli- sipping on it at a very slow pace. Like super but, hot tea. Yes. <laughs> like super, like, super hot tea. Blow yeah. on it. Pull it down. Pull really it down before cool you consume off. it. I'm, I'm actually putting some ice in it to calm it down <laughs> a little bit. It's so but hot. It, here's why. Here's why. Yes. When, when you look at when you look at player for player, and you match up what the the goal was when Coach Sark got here, he was talking about big humans. He was talking about athletic people. He was talking about a quarterback who is at a very high level, and he was talking about his staff. And you look at all of that, and you say, I think he has something cooking here. When you look at those both the trenches where all games are won and lost, they are, are are at a very, very high level. You look at the massiveness of those people and the fact that he continues to recruit those people well, because you know and remember, there were times that Texas were recruiting those types of player, but it was ones and twos. It wasn't fives. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about stars. I'm talking about across the board. He's getting five linemen on both sides of the ball that has provided that depth that Texas has lacked for quite some time. I'm impressed with that. I I love that. You look at the quarterback room. There's depth in the quarterback room because for so many times, we didn't have those people. We didn't have those types of quarterbacks. It was – one guy here, and then if there was an injury, you're like, oh, gosh, they got to put Ain't that no kid <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is where we're at. You look at the wide receiver room. I think this is probably the deepest wide receiver room since 0203, where we had so many, the Roy Williams in that room, Sloan Thomases, and then you started creating it. And then you go back and look at the Quan Cosbys and the Jordan Shipleys and all the people that were in that room. You're like, oh, this is this is deep. This is some talent in there. So on the surface, now we all know we got to go play the game. This is the closest that I would say that Texas would be back for the first time in a very, very long time. I appreciate the political answer, my friend. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and say, and we mentioned this last time, I am the person every year, every year I try to like be super chill about my team and I try to like approach things logically. And for the most part, I do a good job right up until kickoff. (laughs) Two weeks before the tailgate start. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I don't care where we're at. I am drowning myself in buckets of Kool-Aid, right? Like I will own that as a person, as a fan, as somebody who loves the game. I'll own that as my flaw. But I, I gotta say, man, like this year, this year, and I know I've said this before, so bear with me as I say it again. But God damn it, this year is different, right? Like <laughs> we we've talked about this though, like. In in Harge, you have some insight that that most of us don't. You you're connected with the players, you're connected with families. 
Sark mentioned this in his presser the other day. The culture, exactly what you were talking about, Mike. You said, listen, Sark's goals were to have to get athletes, like true athletes on the team, to have quarterbacks playing at a high level, to have his staff in line. And where Texas fans fail is we're impatient. We haven't let any coaches come in and do that, right? Right. But I also don't think many coaches have been that clear about broad goals versus like, let me get those big names coming in and, and that'll help me out where I see Texas right now. We've seen those, those little positive changes and Rocky and I fight about this all the time, right? Like I, I'm the, I'm the positive person and looking at things and she's the realist, right? She's like, prove it, show me. She's the show me person. I'm the, but I can see the changes and it's not quite there yet. But this is what I've been saying, man. Like we've been seeing these tiny little shifts where the foundation has been fucked up at Texas for a minute. Yep. yep. But now we have CDC in, we have the coaches in place. We have the staff in place. We're starting to see that that, that foundation isn't just being patched anymore. It was demolished and rebuilt. Right. And that, that resulted in seasons that, didn't didn't have the winning record that we wanted but that foundation had to be laid it had to be built and then we got all right now we've got some recruits coming in now we got people starting to go but and i think this year we're really seeing that come to fruition we've got the depth my god when's the last time that a texas fan has been able to be comfortable about the o-line like like this is just it's a crazy time to me Herb Hand was great, like you said. He was great. He was at, great at barbecuing. Great at barbecuing. <laughs> he'd, he'd bring in one name. He'd right. bring one big guy that was like, right. "Oh, this man's amazing." But who's still in the NFL? But functionally, yeah. functionally, yeah. you're not going to be successful as a team if you've got one rock star on the line, and the rest of the line isn't up to par. And I feel like this year, finally, like we're seeing that depth. This is the first time since 1993 that Mm -hmm. Texas has had starters, the same starters on the O-line and the D-line return since 1993. That is an insane stat to me. And and I'm excited about that, man. Well, you, you you mentioned that Rod Babers, who is, of course, our statistician. How do you say that? Statistician. Statistician. <laughs> um, amazing guy, right? Right. So he said there's only 28 teams in the country who are returning starting quarterback, head coach, OCDC. Texas right. is one. That yeah. kind of stability matters. Bringing back starters on offensive line, defensive line, bringing back, was it nine or nine? Yeah, 10 starters returning on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Yes. That's crazy. That, and you know, we can, we can have this conversation another time, but when we talk about who's starting, we, of course, there was all the drama this week about some coaches, including Sark, not releasing depth charts. We haven't. Do we really? Do we really? No, it doesn't matter. So, And this is a little side note. I'm going to ask you, Mike, this question, because I was thinking about this when I was thinking about our show tonight. Do you think it matters more who goes out there first or who goes out there if five minutes left in the fourth quarter when you're down by three? I think think that's a two-part question. Number one, as a starter, you want to be, you know, if you feel like you've worked hard enough to get out there, you want your name to be called. You want to be okay. out there at the very beginning. 
you know what you, you the blood, sweat, and the tears as they talk about the battles that you went through to earn that spot. You want to be that guy. Like, oh man, you earned the first run out there. Go ahead and go get it. But I'm with you. If I'm on the field in the last three minutes of the game and we got to make a play and it's not a blowout and I'm on the field, I'm feeling that because that means that you trust me in those times of need. So I'm all about that on both ends of it. Uh, I think that the earned part of it is is important, but I also believe in the trusted part of it. I, I, I'm, I'm big in that. At the end of the game, if I need a guy to go out there and make a big play for me, is it going to be that one or is it going to be that two? And that's where I'm going to go at it. So that's that, that's how I look at it. So I'm looking at the, this game. I'm looking at this team, the, the season. I'm looking at what Sark believes in. I'm looking to see what that guy on the sideline, I think he is the biggest part of the success and the failures of this team this year. We all talked about it. We talked about it last year. We talked about it the year before. Um, it's the most important part to me is not necessarily who's on the field because we know that we have like talent all over the place. It's the guy that's spearheading this all. I think this is a huge year for Sark. And no, before everybody starts hitting y'all up, asking, what the hell is Harge talking about? I'm not putting him on no hot seat. He don't have to worry about that. Thank you. He's done everything he needs Thank to you. do. Thank you. I, My I, biggest thing for him is you got to make people believe because it's so easy to jump off than it is to jump on. Agreed. True. Agreed. I, I love those comments because, listen, I, I think – and again, this is where I really believe in this team. We are seeing that culture shift. We're seeing in years past, we've had good coaches that have either had a culture issue, but not a coaching issue or a coaching issue and not a culture issue. Mm -hmm. Sark, I feel like has this all together. We're seeing this year for the, for the first time. And I would argue since a Mac Brown led team, hey, no. we're seeing player a player-led team. Right. And, and, and that that is something we've been missing. We haven't talked about it enough. We haven't identified it enough. But I think that's something, you know, hindsight 2020 sort of thing. We're seeing that in stark contrast. This year's team, last year's team, they loved each other. They mm -hmm. were there, but they hadn't had enough time together. Now right. we're in year three. We've got Sark's guys. We've got people that are bought into his culture, his coaching, his staff his way of doing things. And I really think we're seeing that shift where the players are coming in and saying, listen, fuck this. We're not going to go through what we went through last year. We're not going to go through what we've been through in the years past. They take shit personal now. And, and I think that is a shift from what we've seen on teams in the past where we've had guys that are like, Hey man, I like playing for Texas, but here I am as the five-star, the, the individual five-star the individual doesn't exist on this team anymore. I feel from a player perspective, the individual doesn't. Yeah, exist I, on this team. yeah I, I, I agree with that. I think there is, I, there's always going to be some individualism because of the fact that as a competitor, you are looking at, I got to beat that guy across from me every single time. So sure. there will be that moment. But the individual, individual against the comp competition, but, but not within your own. Right. Not the within their organization. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So 
I will say I'm going to make a very awkward transition right now, but I feel like we need to talk about it. <laughs> we heard the commissioner of the Big 12 this this week uh, make some pretty bold statements. Some Listen, I'll give the man credit for being a an advertiser. I'll give the man credit for being uh, a marketer and knowing what's going to get clicks and knowing who you're talking to. But I feel like he made some foolish comments in the sense that uh, we hear Yorkmark talk about uh, at a Texas Tech event, to be clear, how <laughs> he is rooting essentially for Texas Tech after Thanksgiving to come into Austin and take care of business. I'm using air quotes as I say that. Harj, I'd love to get your take on that. What does that mean? Uh, on a lot of uh, on a lot of levels, how does it affect our team? In, in my mind's they eye, they played it at the scrimmage the other day. In my mind's eye, they played the audio for the team. That's bulletin board material. Yeah, right. They played it for the team. That that's how I see it. So I'm thinking this is going to backfire against him. But I'd love to hear your your comments, and then we'll follow that up with what Sark said at his presser about it. Mike, please let us know. Enlighten us, my friend. How do you feel about those comments? He's a marketing guy. You know, what better way to sell the Big 12 and what is going on than to chop at the head of the table? You mm. know, you want to you want to come at the king, you got to come at him and you got to be able to go. And, and, and again, this is one of those situations where you come to a conference. By the way, when he took the job, he knew what he was getting. Oh, a thousand percent. He knew Texas was leaving. He knew Oklahoma was leaving. There wasn't a shock at this conversation that was coming in. But what he's trying to do is make people still want to look at the Big 12 as something that they want to be a part of. You don't want to lose your marketability to the Big 12. And, of course, you know, he was playing to the crowd. He was playing to his audience. I get it. Getting them all riled up. I'm going to be coming down there. We're going to have some fun. But at the end of it all, you you are representing the people that are still here. And this year, Texas is here. Oklahoma is here. You know that these guys. And Your breadwinners. Your breadwinners yes. are here. And not only that, remember. This happened by his deputy commissioner as well at Big 12 Media Days. Yep. He was talking about Oklahoma being a reluctant bride and having to go with them. It's like, come on, man. You don't know. You, you've been around here the entire time. You've seen how both of these people move together. You had this opportunity, and now you're going to try to act like this is all shocking to you. Actually, Oklahoma was probably trying to leave before Texas. And they, they were just trying couldn't to do it without our money. Yeah, yeah without they, our way. they just can't. Yeah. So yeah, they can't. Nobody. Yeah, it's got to be a group effort. So, so I for agree me, with you. so for me, I think that your mark it, it works both ways. Number one is bad and be, uh, not a good look for the commissioner to talk about other teams that are in your conference. But most importantly, he's always trying to sell his conference to others and telling Texas Tech, "Hey, man, step up, guys." Step up. If you want to be the face of our conference, you got to step up, guys. So be ready to go. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Again, my background's in advertising. That's what I graduated from UT with. Like, I, I get it. I understand being the hype Hook man. Hook girl. Hook him, girl. You know what I'm saying. That's, that's <laughs> throwing it in. And I get that. Like, I, as a marketer, I 
I look at him and I'm like, and I'm like, look, man, I see exactly what you're doing. And it's savvy in a lot of ways. But on the flip side of that, I feel like this could backfire against him real quick. Because if you come out here and you're on record as as actively, quote unquote, rooting against teams that are currently in your conference. Correct. What happens then? Now you've you've provided bulletin board material. Maybe he's not worried about that. But what happens? Because he's not the opponent, so he doesn't really care about it. Right. right. But what happens when the conference that you're trying to promote ends up being the two big players in your championship that are leaving after this year? Mm -hmm. What happens when it's Texas and OU in the Big 12 championship and next year they're gone? This year, maybe you get a lot of eyeballs. Next year, the two people that you were you know, being the villain against the two people that you were talking shit about the most, the ones that bring the most TV revenue, the most eyeballs, they're gone. And they're the ones that were in your big 12 conference final. What happens then? What happens in the year 2024? I I feel like that's where he might've been a little bit short-sighted in his plan to hype people up, uh, get eyeballs on the big 12 uh, and go from there. I'll just say it was tacky. It was unprofessional. It was, it was petty. Like we're not the fucking WWE. Like we don't need to get up in glitter masks and act a fool. And that's what it felt like he was trying to do. We're supposed to be, he's supposed to be better than that. And I I understand that he's playing with the crowd. Like you said, right. right? In the environment, that's fine but behave like a freaking professional who's being paid a ton of money to represent right now, every team in the conference next June, you can shred Texas to pieces. You can shred OU to pieces. You can lay all the dirt you want about how it went down. And even though he lied the other day that he was trying to push Texas and OU out when he knew he was begging a stake, there was no money in it without us. He can lie all he wants about how he can't wait for us to be gone but the truth is he needs Texas don't know you. They are who are they even going to be a power five without us there? <laughs> we don't know. So he can he can say that all he wants. But the truth is he behaved like a child in a child in, in that atmosphere, which when you go to Lubbock, who doesn't behave like a child? I don't know. But let me tell I'll tell you who did not behave like a child in Austin, Texas was Sarkeesian when he was asked about what happened and about the whole embrace the hate thing and Let's listen to what Sark had to say about that comment, and then we can we can chat about that. Well, you're trying to get me in trouble, Roger. But Roger um, Wallace, I, 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 jokingly aside, but but not. <laughs> you know, I got a letter from the commissioner about sportsmanship the day before that speech, and so I'm trying to figure out, you know, about what are we promoting to our student athletes, and then to go say those types of things. So I'm, I'm not guessing he's going to have his Thanksgiving dinner with us the night before that game. Um, but the reality of it is, you know, that's, a lot's been made about that. A lot's been made about a T-shirt being made. Let, let's not make this more than it is. Man, this is about us. We're focused on what we get to do and why we get to do it. We're proud to be part of the University of Texas, okay? We're proud to represent the burnt orange and right. We're proud to represent 550,000 living alumni. We're proud to represent four national championship teams. We're proud to get to go do that. And we know who's behind us, and that's okay. Now let's go play. All right, now let's go play. Get it behind us. Thoughts, Mike? 
I, I think I think he I think he brought the pain. I think that's how you need to address it. I thought he was professional in the manner in which he did it. He didn't slam anybody. He just basically everything that they were talking about, he brought it back to their face. And it is, you know, you talked about him being able to play that at the uh, at the scrimmage or the practice this weekend. I thought it was important for the team to see it and hear it and understand what they're up against. And that should give everybody focus, right? You should be laser focused on every step of the way. It also means, hey, guys, don't go out there and be undisciplined. Don't go out there and give them a reason to be able to get after you. Throw that flag. To, exactly. You need to make sure that you're holding yours and making sure that you're doing things right. So if something does happen, it's more of a glaring issue about the pack, I mean a Big 12 than it is about the University of Texas because you already know the odds are stacked against you. It's been happening the last couple times. Like you get ladies are wearing embrace the hate. They are doing that because of that. And that is why I loved everything that Coach Sark did and went the way he went about it. And it was a directive to the conversation that they tried to tell them about sportsmanship. I love it. I, I agree with that. Like, to me, it was shots fired with your mark. And nope. then Sark's response showed the level of professionalism mm -hmm. that your mark should have brought to the table in the first place. Yep. He, put, he responded he he brought the facts. He brought things back. And he also showed that, like, Texas is done. Like, we're not going to take the punches and not fight yep. back. Yep. That's done. We're over that. Like, embrace the hate. Be back. Be about it. Do Play your game at your highest level. Do everything right because the, everybody is out to get Texas this year. And I and I love that response. I thought, uh, man, I, I saw Rocky, I saw you post that on Twitter and I screamed, that's my coach. <laughs> like I, I lost it at that. It's like that, it's like that guy from, that that guy from uh, ESPN that was putting his hand on his chest. Put your hand on me no more. Right. 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 Like, I love that. Like, we're going to see that, you know, from the Alamo bowl where Sark was just, yeah, oh, exactly. he's going to be saying that to your Mark when to he's everybody. In, exactly. when he's exactly. in Austin after Thanksgiving. Well, what Sark did say is let's go play. Let's go play. Yep. Let's put aside and go play a game. And guess what y'all it's game week. We do get to go. We don't get to go play. I mean, I'm <laughs> exhausted already training for being on the sideline. <laughs> there is a game this week. It is game day in just a few days. Texas takes on the mighty, mighty, mighty Rice Owl Band. I'm sorry, the Rice. <laughs> hey, they, the band is cold though. Listen, they do I'm some excited great about stuff. the mob. I'm yeah. excited about the mob. Yeah, they do a great job. Bottom line, they, they, do a great job. they know how to troll, and we're yep, gonna see. Yep. It. I'm not gonna lie. I'm more excited about the mob's performance and how it talks about Texas going to the SEC. Oh, you know they're gonna do something. I'm excited about yeah. it. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're 35 point dogs. Go ahead and worry about your band. No, so yep. there is a game, and let's mm -hmm. let's chat about it, Mike. So I know you've been following the you know reports out of fall camp, the reports mm -hmm. out of the scrimmages. Um, what players are you? looking most forward to seeing this weekend. We know it's it's expected to be a handed, Texas should win this game handily, but yep. let's talk about what, what are you looking to see? What are you hoping to see? What tells you Texas is on the right track? Two, two players that I really want to check out this weekend, and 
Uh, I know I sound kind of like a broken record when it comes to Jordan Whittington. And mm. he's somebody that I've just been like begging to, to showcase his talents. Last year he played healthy for the first time, but they were using him as a blocker. I think he's more than a blocker. I think he's and with a, a new quarterback. A yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really, really looking forward to him, but the main guy, seriously, uh, I don't, I don't use Jordan Whittington that much anymore, but I want to see Isaiah Nayor. I mean, Ooh, him coming back from his injury, having an opportunity to play. This is the guy that uh, everybody was looking to take the top off of the defense last year. Every, ever since Quinn hit him with the bombs in the spring game uh, two years ago, and he ended up getting hurt. And that's one guy that I really want to see. And of course, we got to see exactly what's going to happen in that running back room. Uh, mm -hmm. You replace a B. John Robinson and a Rojo, uh, Roshan Johnson, two guys that were a major part of the success of this Texas football team, not just from productivity, but more importantly, the leadership role. Who is going to be that that guy to step up in that situation? So I want to see what Jonathan Brooks can do in the running room. Obviously, running back room, excuse me. And obviously, C.J. Baxter is a guy that is in the mix for that. He's had a lot of time. And I was talking to some people the other day. He looks a lot like said B, the way that he carries himself, RIP said B. But he looks a lot like said B, the way that he goes about his business. So that's that. those are the two guys, Isaiah Nayor on offense and C.J. Baxter and Jonathan Brooks in the, in the uh, backfield. Those are the two main pieces on the offensive side that I'm looking for. How about yourselves? I love that. Listen, I have a weird stat that I'm not sure this has ever happened. And if it a has, it's been B, real rare. Said B to a said B. Yes, yeah, said B to said B. But um, that's a good point. So Texas is about to see JT Daniels. This For is a player, this is a, a quarterback that we've seen <laughs> at DKR. Yes. Now for the third time with a third different team. Transfer portal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Transfer, transfer, transfer. More power to him. But let's look over this. So uh, according to CJ Vogel, like this is a crazy, crazy stat to me. Love CJ, by the way. Oh, me too, man. Like he's he's good people for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So JT Daniels has had one successful touchdown pass in 96 attempts in the two previous games at DKR. Like I guarantee you, I think the touchdown pass was to Armour Ross St. Brown. See, look, I love you because you know that. I love you because yeah, you remember I that. Think that. I think that was touchdown pass was to Armour Ross St. Brown. There that is. So again, JT Daniels visited DKR with uh, USC in 2018, again mm -hmm. with West Virginia in 22, and now we're going to see him with Rice in 23. JT Daniels offenses have averaged 17.0 points per game at DKR. Man. All signs are pointing to Texas wins this handily. We're doing okay. I, I said this earlier on Twitter, like, I am ready for boring games again. I'm ready for Texas steamrolling everybody. The Vince Young era, Texas Texas by 40, 50, 60 points. I think we get a taste of that with this Rice game. Mike, what what are your predictions for this? Are you do, do you are you at that stage of the thought process cuz we're going back to this Kool-Aid drinking? <laughs> This wait, is where we're going fair. back. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into predictions, I want to tell you who I'm looking to see. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. But but let me answer your question real okay. quick, Mike. 
Am I to that level of Kool-Aid drinking? Yes. But separately for this particular game, I'm not talking like I want to see Texas be back at that level of just blown away opponents and we're bored by the third third quarter, right? I won't be bored, but no. I don't know that we're there yet as a team. Right. I hope we are. No. But okay. for this game in particular with Rice, let me just say this, and I'm I'm editing myself right now because I have a string of expletives. <laughs> if this game is not boring as shit by the second quarter, burn it down. Burn everything to the ground. <laughs> like, I this this game in particular with JT Daniels as the quarterback, this should be a back to the wine and cheese uh fandom era of Texas football where we're so bored with the game because it's so out of hand in favor of Texas by the second or third quarter that that we're talking in the stands, right? So Rocky, to that point, I see what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to like put a number on it right now. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just hoping I am bored for the rice game. I'm hoping we get to see Malik get real playing time in this game. I'm maybe Arch. Maybe Arch. I wouldn't be mad about Arch. Well, hopefully if I, if we get to see him, everything's going to see Charles Wright too. Damn it. Let's go. Oh yeah, I love that. That was the mentality. I want to make a sign. Colt McCoy. I want to make a sign that says, bring on Charles Wright. Because if we see Charles Wright in this game, have it ready. Charles. We are are back to to that level of football. So Rocky, bring it. Who who are you excited about? What I'm gonna tell you, because the depth is there. The depth that when when Sark smiles about college football, he talks about having his team. His, mm-hmm. which we know means his recruits. A lot yep. of the starters are still Tom Herman's guys, which with people like to diss on Tom Herman recruiting, but there's a lot of them starters out there. There's a yep. few that, are, that Tom Herman brought on campus. Yep. So but let me just say that the people I'm looking most forward to watching this weekend, we know that seniors and um, juniors and seniors who've been here a minute, we know what they can do. We're, we're confident in their abilities. I'm going to see Anthony Hill, Jonte Cook, Malik Muhammad, Jelani McDonald, Goosby, Mitchell, and the transfers. We have some experienced Transfers. Let's talk about Jalen Catalan and how he's supposed to be the star Woo! of the defense. Mm-hmm. We're bringing on a five. Okay, Adonai Mitchell. Can we talk about? You talked a minute ago about Isaiah. What could have been with Isaiah Nair and how it ended up being just so much work for Xavier Worthy because Nair wasn't available. Let's talk about having Nair, Whittington, Worthy, and a five-star. Adonai Mitchell, who has played like AJ Mitchell, right? Adonai Mitchell, he played in playoff games and championship games with Georgia. Like he knows what it takes to and play call touchdowns. And call and touchdowns. touchdowns. He knows yeah. what it's like to play in the highest level and compete and be productive at the highest level. Can you imagine how much he's pushing those younger athletes to be great because he yep. knows what it takes? Adding Adonai Mitchell to this these formations out there with Worthy, Whittington, like you mentioned, Nayer, that is just, I, I'm excited to see what Adonai brings, Jalen Catalan, and then we're hearing about Gavin Holmes coming in mm-hmm. and pushing for, from Wake Forest, pushing for time. It's like he's pushing for playing time. So 
the depth, I love that they have the youngins, the fresh out of high school youngins who have a lot to learn and are may, may, maybe not even physically ready yet or yep. mentally ready yet. But the depth, they trust them to give them some playing time, but also bringing in just cherry picking the transfers that really fit what they need. I'm excited about those. I want to see those kids. People putting on a Texas jersey for the first time is what I'm really excited about. Texas has benefited from the NIL and from the transfer portal. And I feel like this. Selectively. Correct. Selectively. Well, I feel like this staff in particular has really taken the time to understand the nuances of NIL, the nuances of the transfer portal and how to make it work for them. There've been some players that we've lost across sports that I've been sad about, but ultimately I feel like we've come out on top at the end of the day with who we've brought in. Um, And, and I do, I feel for the smaller schools that don't have the pull or the name or the brand or the staff that Texas does. But as a burn orange bleeder, like, listen, man, (laughs) I don't feel bad. I think at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, Texas, especially now, we figured it out. I really feel truly with Stark staff, like we figured this whole transfer portal thing out. We figured this whole NIL thing out. Like we're getting there and we're we're reaping the benefits. And I think this year that's going to be really obvious. I think in the words of Yzma, they should have thought about that before they became peasants. <laughs> <laughs> I love that throwback Emperor's New Groove Emperor's reference right there. Before they became peasants. I do want to touch. Oh, go ahead. I do want to touch. I do want to touch on something that you mentioned about the Gavin Holmes uh, situation. Last year, I was really, really uh, high on Ryan Watts. Me too. I was 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 way up there. As soon as that transfer came through, I told my man Rob Babers, I said, you need to go watch this kid. I know you have, but he will be a guy that you are definitely going to want to pay attention to. Sure enough, Ryan Watts comes in. He does what he does and made things happen. I felt the exact same way this year about Gavin Holmes. And I know that a lot of people were wondering, oh, well, Gavin Holmes, everybody's talking about Terrence Brooks, rightfully so. Uh, He's going to earn his playing time. And I thought he did a great job in the Alamo Bowl. And he's going to be that guy that we're going to be talking about. But in the beginning, I believe that Gavin Holmes is going to be a guy that is going to play the field corner position at a very high level. He's fast as hell and he's he's aggressive and he has that experience. He has a lot of playing time at Wake Forest. Uh so I'm really really looking forward to him and I'm glad that you brought his name up. I know that you uh uh fancy brought up uh Jalen Catalan and what he's going to be able to do and excuse me Rocky brought her up. He he's a guy that you don't bring him up anymore because we know what he is. We know he's a headhunter and he's going to knock your block off and he's going to be able to do some amazing, amazing things. But one person that nobody has talked about. What? 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 We have not even, I haven't yet to hear one person talk about this guy is Chris Jackson. And everybody's like, what? Chris Jackson. He's the, Freaking wide receivers coach that has this room that is ready to play at a very high level who has just come in from the NFL. Nobody even talks about him. Everybody talks about that wide receiver room. Oh, they're going to be this. They got this. They got so much depth. They got a professional coach 
who came down to come and coach these guys that are going to make them excel at this position. Nobody has talked about them. I don't care what station you listen to, what podcast, whoever you're listening to, nobody has brought up Chris Jackson, a guy that is in the NFL that is now coming here to help this group. I think he's going to be the biggest missing piece for what we saw last year. He's not going to put up with the drop passes. He's not going to put up with you running the wrong routes. And he is going to elevate these wide receivers and teach them what it looks like to be in the NFL. That's what all these kids are trying to do. And he's bringing it to them. I love that. I love that attitude. Listen, you bring such a good point because you're right. How many folks have talked about how amazing, what where the depth is at this wide receiver room and all this kind of stuff. But if it boils down to it, like you got to coach them up, you got to be ready. And we have seen, we've had depth at wide receiver for a minute, but we've seen, I I hate to be the person to say this, but we've seen maybe a little bit of selfish play at at wide receiver in the past. We've seen some drop passes that shouldn't be. You hit them in the bread basket. You don't miss the goddamn catch. You don't drop period. Right. Right. Like, and I agree with that. I love that attitude of we're bringing in an L- NFL level guy that's not going to accept mediocrity. Not and I think, and I think you bring up a really great point too, where I think we've been lacking in the past. Texas has had some great coaching staffs. I, I think we've had solid pieces at a lot of places in the past. Where Sark is taking a piece, in my opinion, taking a page from Saban's playbook is when you coach up the right guys, when you have the right staff, you're going to have, you're going to lose some staff members, right? Mm, they're going right. to, they're going to get recruited. They're going to go on to, to bigger jobs where Sark has really excelled is plugging holes when he loses staff members be- because they go on to these bigger, better jobs. He's right. plugging them with incredible talent right behind it. Right. Like we, we saw that with the running backs. We've seen it now, in my opinion, with, with the wide receivers coaching, like, I love that. At some point, Texas fans are going to have to come to the reality that we're going to lose PK. We're going to lose Kyle Flood. We're going to lose. We're going to lose some of these guys. Maybe down the road, it might be the next Jeff couple Banks. years. Maybe the next Jeff five Banks. years. Jeff Banks, exactly. But, oh no! But not Jeff where Banks. I'm really happy, uh-huh. <laughs> not Gia the monkey. But listen, where I'm really happy is that. And again, I don't know that we've seen this from a coaching staff in a minute. Sarkeesian's ability to to plug those holes and it's a next man up mentality not only with his team but with his coaching staff but too. i feel like he's even bringing in higher more almost quali- better almost right. more qualified high, better resume i don't know if they're better coaches but right. better resumes every time and we we can talk about this another time but he's doing that saban stacking up former head coaches nfl coaches all these analysts it's you know the, the rehabilitation program yeah he, he's learned from Saban. <laughs> we can talk about that another time uh, but let's go ahead and get into it real quick quickly let's go ahead and make our game predictions for rice um mike do you have a score prediction for the game this weekend the spread is 35.5 the over under is 59.5 which means vegas thinks it's around a 48 12 game um mike what do you have you said the over under is what? 55? The over under is thir- uh sorry, 59.5. The spread is I'll take 35. the over. I'll take the over. 
Okay, with just Texas alone, right? <laughs> we're, hey, we're hoping. We're All right. hoping. What, what is your score? I think that this. I think that this team is prepared. I think they're going to be out there. They're not. This is the problem that we have in these types of games. I believe Texas is going to be very vanilla. With next week going up against Alabama, I don't think they they want to go out there and win the game. They want to look impressive. I don't think they're going to show too much. And I don't think we're going to be able to just line up and punch people in the face so much that you're going to be like, oh, this is, oh my gosh, look at how they're overpowering them. You look at what uh, uh, USC did in their game. You look at what Notre Dame did with their quarterback on point. They didn't get over, they got 52 total points in that game, 49 to three. So you look at them and you're like, ah. And one of the things that was brought up this morning on one of the on the morning show uh, was the game. Now you have to be careful at looking at these over unders. I'm still taking it over because I think there's just so much explosivity on their team that they're going to have big plays. You have to understand that the clock doesn't stop anymore at first downs. After the first down, right? Only, only yeah, until the last two minutes of each yeah. half. Listen, so that running that is a huge. Is a that play. is huge, though. That's seven to ten points a game on the over-under. A possession yes. on each side? Yes. Seven to ten points a game. No. It is huge. But at the so my point time, is I'm taking under now. Never mind. I just talked myself <laughs> out. Listen, listen. And that is huge. <laughs> but at the same time, we were all the people watching the game in Dublin going, thank God for this new rule of the right, yeah. down clock. Right, which is the that point. That was is mercy like, on Navy. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. No matter how I think look at Texas, Texas may not let them score. I just don't think that they're going to score 60 points themselves. It'd be great. Last time they played them, what was it, 58 to nothing? Still didn't get to 60, and the clock was stopping. So you, you got to look at those things, too. So I just feel that, yeah, if I had to take a bet, I would take I would take Texas still covering, but I'm also looking at the under as well. Okay. All right. That's Go ahead, Megan. All right. Well, Mike, I'm really glad that you said that because I'm going to come in and just disagree with everything you said. Oh, I love that. I Megan love does which, that. Which is why I don't game. Oh, why? Because she covered herself with the Kool-Aid. Never play my bets. Let's covered herself with the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fully bathing in a bathtub <laughs> of Kool-Aid. Listen, exactly. I think the final score for this game is going to be 61-17 Texas. I think what? we I think we crossed that threshold. I don't think it's going to be hard and I shouldn't say this because it's going to bite me in the ass, but Texas scoring seven touchdowns in this game, that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. I don't think it seems unreasonable. And and here's where I will argue this. We have such an incredible quarterback room and wide receiver room. Texas now has the ability to strike quick, fast. So the clock not stopping, will it affect games ultimately? Of course. But in this game against a Rice defense that is not equipped talent level or scheme wise to defend this level of talent against Texas. Yeah. I think seven touchdowns is more than reasonable. And then you throw in a few field goals there too. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to say Texas oh 16, 17. We crossed, score 90. 
I mean, the way she said it, this is like, <laughs> hey, see, I get All you right. to buy in. I'm I'm pouring a little Kool-Aid on you too, right. my friend. Good job, Sprinkle. Megan. Sprinkle. <laughs> I, it, okay. I, I respect that. Also, I will disagree with you because <laughs> one, there's just not enough time to get that many possessions in the game now. Also, because yes, Texas has all the receivers to flash. That's not a question. I think if this is, this is an opportunity for Texas to figure out what they actually have in the run game. And because they left with question marks after the bowl game of not being able to really run the ball like they were before Rojo and Bijan were there. I think they need to establish what they have in the run game. And so, yes, they'll pass. They, they, they know what they have there in the passing game. Yes, they will pass. Yes, they will throw. They'll probably have a couple of explosive, explosive plays, but they're going to build that up with the run game. And, and you're not going to go into Bama not knowing what you have in the run game. So I feel yeah. like they're going to use this as an opportunity to figure out what they have in the run. So I'm gonna say as as much as if if we were playing, you know, spread offense, let's just go and throw it all over the field all day. I think we could hit 60 points. But because there this is this is workman's day on Saturday, as much as we want to show off, I think they need to use this as a glorified scrimmage. Um, I'm gonna say it's more in the 40s. High 40s, yeah. yeah I, I know I'm gonna shock you all. I'm gonna say it's more of a 49. 349 6 game. All right. you have 51. Right. Yes, with the under. We, there's just not enough time. There's not. Get. And like you said, it's going to be a thousand degrees outside. So they won't be able to do all that extracurricular that you're we're, thinking we're there. We're not sending our receivers to sprint 90 yards and come back 10 times on, in one day. Exactly. No, have you met Sark before? Have you watched his offenses before? All right. Come on. Come on. Bear with me. All right. Me. Let's keep moving because we're getting way behind. Let's keep moving. So we all think Texas is going to win strong. Yes. Away, yep. but they, they handle business. Um, I think I we all have them covering 35. Yep. Okay. All right. So there are other games happening on Saturday, believe it or not. Actually, we get college football this weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Monday, that's right. So there, there's lots of games, and we'll talk about a few, but let's just go ahead and make some fun picks against the spread. I, I mean, I'm going to track who we're picking. but I got you. I She's going to embarrass us later. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one, this one surprised me because Florida is supposed to be an SEC powerhouse, like historically great program. Florida at Utah. They're, uh, Utah's favored by almost a touchdown. What, Cam what rising, baby. Cam rising. Cam rising. He's hurt though. He's and Jaquindon Jackson. And Jaquindon Jackson, former Texas uh, slash running back. Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling about Utah covering six and a half at home? I still don't understand or know who uh, uh, Florida's quarterback is going to be, and nor do they know. Um, I, I just look at this team. I look at what Utah is able to do and the fact that Florida is traveling across the country to go to Utah. I think this is a game that Utah is going to win. And I think they cover the six and a half. Okay, nice. I'm with you right there. I feel like Utah is a little more established and with who their roster is and they're at home. I'm good with Utah covering and winning. Yeah, listen, I hate to be boring. I will agree with that, but I'll put a caveat on it. If Cam Rising is the starter, we still don't know who's starting for Utah either. He tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl, and they have not announced a true starter yet. 
So if Cam Rising is the guy that is the QB and taking all the snaps, yeah, I think Utah wins handily and covers. If not, I'm still going to take Utah, but I think it's going to be a closer game than than we may expect. So praying for that. Yeah. So so I will take I'll take Utah to win it. I'm not comfortable talking about covering the spread until we know who the starting quarterback is for Utah. Fair enough. So Friday night, we don't have to pick it, but Michigan State, Megan's second team is favored by two touchdowns at home against Central Michigan. All right, Deion Sanders bringing the mighty fighting Colorado Buffs to TCU. Okay, with all the off-season hype about Colorado and building the staff and bringing in all these transfers and hold, you know, kicking kids out who weren't up to his snuff or whatever. They're 21 20 point dogs at TCU. Three touchdown dogs to TCU. What say you, Mike? Must be the money. Let's go. <laughs> I'm rolling with prime time. They're covering that 21 They're point. Covering. They're covering that 21 point. Upset alert. That game is going to be close. It's going to be closer than you think. They got good athletes. They didn't just get transfers to come in, they got some D1 transfer some guys that were playing on other teams so yep. i'm excited for this game that is one of those games that you you sit there and you got your popcorn ready i'm That's rolling with prime time i got a prime time shirt i got um, me a Colorado buffalo sweatshirt i'm rolling no, with prime. no i won't tell yeah. you my prime time story but mm. um Okay, I'll go first. I'll go before Megan this time. I agree. Colorado has brought in not just transfers, but ballers. So has TCU. They lost a lot to, you know, the NFL. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. they got Alabama's five-star wide receiver, four or five-star running back. Like, they brought in – they've got transfers of their own. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I also picked us our loss this year to be TCU. I think – uh, 20 is a lot 2021 is a lot so i agree colorado might cover but th- no upset alert here and i gotta go with that too listen i think colorado was interesting they've done a really great job marketing themselves it's been a smart pr move to bring him in because all of a sudden people are talking about colorado who has been terrible <laughs> terrible since they left the big 12 their heyday was the what the Chase Daniels days in the Big 12? The Alamo. They've Bowl. been irrelevant since then. Listen, I so I respect the the again, we were talking about it earlier, the advertising move, the marketing move, but I think Dion is all about Dion. I don't know that he is ready to coach at this level where it's not about him. It's right? all about him all and, the and, time. And so I will I will say I think TCU has this. Woo, 20.5 is a lot. But it's at TCU, so I'm rolling with Sunny Dykes crew. I'm going to say TCU wins and covers. Woo! Nice. Okay, the fight in Texas Aggies, we're not going to pick it, but they're 38-point favorites against New Mexico. This is an interesting one. I just want to mention it because it's happening. Texas Tech goes to Wyoming. So Wyoming comes to us the week yep. after Bama. So that would be something neat just to keep your eye on. Tech is two touchdown favorites at Wyoming. But that's something just to watch, record, and watch it later if you want to see two teams that we're going to play. This is one I wanted to ask you because you're buddies with the coach, Texas State. 
taking it to Baylor. There are 28-point dogs at Baylor. I know they lost two running backs just before the season, like in fall camp. Mm -hmm. Is 28 being nice? No, it's not. I think I think Texas State covers, actually. And the reason being is they brought in a lot of another one of these transfer deals. They've got guys that have played for the new coach, G.J. Kenny, who has come in and taken over that offense. He is a former Texas Longhorn who went on to play at Tulsa. And now he's bringing in uh, two high-powered quarterbacks, high re highly recruited quarterbacks, which Texas State has been missing for quite some time. These are different level players. They've got some wide receivers that can make plays. They got a good defense. Uh, I think even though Baylor is going to be a team that's going to be better, uh, I, I still think that that number is too big for a team like Texas State because everybody's underestimating their talent because of all the transfers, and they're still looking at last year's team. Totally different ball club. I think they're going to play well. I think they cover. Nice. Most of you know I go to Texas State right now, um, and I am rooting for us to cover 28. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, I would love nothing more than to watch Baylor suffer for all of eternity, but yes. I've got to say, like, Dave Aranda is just, he's a solid coach. He's going to have He's a great team. coach. He is. He's a great coach. He is. And and I've, I he's going to have this crew ready. I know Baylor lost a lot of players as well. Um, they're not expected to kind of live where they have in the past few years in the Big 12. Um, but I got to say, I think Baylor, it's, I think this is going to be one of those games that's closer than we think it will be in the first half. But by the second half, I, I just think Baylor and, and Coach Aranda's, you know, coaching style is, is going to outrun Texas State. I think Baylor wins and covers. All right. This to me going to be the most competitive game of the weekend. UTSA at Houston. Yep. Houston has a 53% chance of winning, but UTSA is favored by minus one and a half. It can't get more Vegas has even, no idea. Even than that. Yep. Yep. Vegas yep. has no idea. I'll go first. UTSA goes into Houston and wins. Mike, what you got? I would love that. I would love that. The reason why I would love that is because of the fact that Frank Harris is should be an NFL quarterback at 35 years old, should be ready to retire, but he's still there. He's got good leadership skills. Obviously, this is a, uh, what do they call it, a job interview right now for Jeff Trailer because Jeff Trailer will be the next head coach. If A&M doesn't fire Jimbo, he goes there, he'll be the next coach at U of H. Mark my words on that. Uh, I'm rolling with you. I like, I love the fact that Jeff Trailer's taking his team down there and it's an experienced team. I know they're going to be missing Sincere McCormick in the backfield, but this isn't new to them. They got an experienced quarterback. I think UTSA is on the right path right there. I'm with you. I agree. I agree. Listen, I, I've got to say this, like I'm, I'm not a fan of Houston. Good for them for being in the big 12. I'm still holding on to that UT U of H animosity on every level. And also Dana Holgerson like can get bent as far as I'm concerned. He hasn't shown me anything as a head coach since he's been with U of H that makes me think he's going to be turning this program around. So I agree. I'm a trailer park fan. I think he comes in and wrecks shop. I I'm, I'm taking UTSA by a lot. I think UTSA wins by two touchdowns or more. 
Nice. Nice. I I hope UTSA comes in and I, I have no Big 12 loyalty whatsoever. Houston can lose to UTSA all day, every day. Quickly, North Carolina goes to South Carolina. That one, Mac, the fighting Mac Browns. Um, <laughs> Almost a pick em game now, so I, I go Cox. So the last one we'll pick is 5LSU. It says at Florida State, but they're playing in Orlando right. at the Camping World. Like yeah, Camping World. But, I mean, I guess it's pretty much uh, the Florida State home game. Yeah, it's pretty much Florida State home game and not a, not a far drive from LSU. They will be there. They will pack their half of the stadium. And the Tigers travel. And the Tigers travel. LSU is two and a half point favorites as of today. Megan? I think this game is going to be a tell-all for how LSU season is going to go. In my opinion, LSU at number five is too high for preseason. Now, we all know preseason doesn't count, but for me, I'm looking at LSU, and again, I'm going to say I don't see anything that shows me that you deserve to be at number five. I'm going to take this one, and this is a toss-up, but I'm going to go Florida State. I, I just think Florida State has a lot to prove. LSU hasn't convinced me they're there yet. Um, I would be happy being wrong about this, but yeah, I'm going to take Florida state and I think Florida state covers. I mean, that's a, it's a 2.5, you know, again, Florida state winning covers, but yeah, it's going to be a close game. I'm taking the Seminoles. What do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Give me the chop. Give me the chop. For those that don't know your boy, Harbaugh Hart is a closet Seminole fan. Always have been. Goes back to your time uh, of hating on Deion Sanders. Uh, so fair. I've been That's a big, fair. big, big, big fan of, of the Seminoles for a long time. But I am looking at LSU as a team that we're going to be talking about later in the year. I think Brian Kelly is one a hell of a coach. Right. I think their quarterback, Daniels, is one a hell of a player. I think being in, a, in this system for another year has helped him a lot. And they have – one thing LSU always has, is talent. They're they're never lacking. It goes back to our conversation that we had at the very beginning of the show, talking about the University of Texas. That is what it's all about. That is what it's always going to be about. They're going to be able to recruit. And I think uh, Kelly is one hell of a coach. We still don't know what Norvell is going to be for Ella. I mean, for Florida State. Everybody's still trying to figure that out as well. Uh, woo, I'm rolling with LSU on this game. I'm rolling with LSU. Hmm. It's going to go either way. I want Florida State to win. I'll just say that. I want Florida State to shut them up. And then Monday night, you guys get number nine Clemson at Duke. That's whatever. All right. That's whatever. I love that. That's whatever. Uh, We're just going to roll through that. Um, So we will track and see who wins, who picks. Okay. Right. Let's be clear. It won't be me. I'm just going to own that now. I'll just say that (laughs) me, but that's okay. One last thing before we wrap up, because we're having the best conversation ever, but we we also have to move on with our lives. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. so we have this thing, Mike, where we go one minute rants. And no, okay. I, don't, I don't mean rant like negativity, just minute to speak your piece. It could be positivity, interesting things, whatever you have going on. And she will time your ass. So let's and, be clear. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I'm going to let Megan go first, and then I'm going to go so you can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. I got but, it. I got you. I'm already prepared because there's something that I've been wanting to talk about. Y'all to be ready for it. So let's go. All right, Megan. Put it in the book. You can't handle the truth. Say it with your chest. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Go. All right. So I'm going to 
say my rant is both positive and negative. Like it brings me joy and great sadness. We saw that Cameron Dicker got signed on to the Chargers. I'm so excited. My heart is so happy for Dicker the kicker. That man has been shipped all over the country so many times last year. He showed up and won so many game winners. Holy crap, he's got a place to live and be happy. That makes my soul happy. But what makes my soul sad is Colt got cut this week. We saw him leaving Arizona, which just further reinforces that Arizona is a trash-ass program that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. I recognize that Colt is 36 years old. He's getting up there. But he's still got the ability to win. He's still got the ability to earn that money. I hope we see Colt land in a good place be it as an analysis, uh, as an analyst, or as a backup quarterback somewhere. I hope he makes it through. So that's my happy and my sad. And I'm under time. time. <laughs> yes. Good job, Megan. All right. My turn. All right. Ready? My The theme of my comments today is father-son. So Mar- uh, Mike, you inspired my father-son thoughts today um one because i'm inspired by dj but my favorite team is the tennessee titans everyone knows i'm a titans fan i was shocked um when the news came that cornerback caleb farley's house exploded Mm. natural gas Mm. natural gas explosion so i wanted to use this time to just condolences to his family to the loss of his father robert farley i think that's just tragic and those are kind of moments like we need to rep- remember those moments um so condolences to that family and to the titans family but also quite interesting you know who other what other father son do what was happening steve sarkisian's son is on the squad did y'all know yep, that yep, yep. brady sarkisian <laughs> linebacker 61 from that boy fit <laughs> from yeah. newport beach california <laughs> and my time is up stop love it Boom. <laughs> you just made it underneath i love it i love it all so right. I got the premise. I got the premise of y'all's conversation. I thought it was outstanding. All right. Here is mine. Ready? Right, ready? Go. Bring it. Go. I want to give a shout out to the Austin Gamblers. This past weekend was the first time that I got an opportunity to go to PBR. Um, my son DJ, who you were just talking about, one of his good friends, he is uh, a young man named Merrick Gaffney. Merrick Gaffney is the son of the head coach Michael Gaffney of the Austin Wranglers. He is a former world champion, and now he's the head coach of the Gamblers. We were invited in their box to be able to be as close as you could possibly be in the dirt where you got a chance to actually watch these young men go out there and risk their lives because a lot of people don't truly understand what professional bull riding is all about. And the Austin Gamblers went on to sweep the weekend, had a great weekend, and they're now number one in the PBR. And that is the most important thing is watching these young men go. And I love the fact that we were invited there. You yes. did it, my friend. Yes. And that's amazing. Like, again, shout out to the gamblers. If you're in the area, check them out. Like, if you haven't experienced insane bull riding, like, that is some, those are athletes. They're yes. insane. They are yes. insane. As yes. somebody who raises cattle, I will say this they are insane, but it's an incredible time. It's so much fun. Thank you for that shout out, Mike. That's really you're awesome. Welcome. That's a really good plug. You mentioned, you know, how dangerous it is. There were some serious injuries this weekend, right? Didn't one of the riders break their back or something? Five feet away from us. That's Uh, crazy. Like we literally, we literally sat there 
and watched him get bucked into the air. Oh and no! Land on his back, right in front of our face. Oh crazy. no! You you have to be a crazy individual no. to look yeah. at a three thousand, a twenty five hundred, three thousand pound animal and be like, "Yeah, I can sit on that for eight seconds yeah. while it's pissed yeah. off." Right. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. But much respect to the athleticism. Those boys should be paid way more than they are. But again, support support the sport. It is incredible to watch. It is incredible to watch what they, they got do. a new fan in your boy for sure. And they turned the whole Moody Center into a a Bronco watching <laughs> arena, right? Like, tell us about the environment. Oh, the environment was unbelievable. As I said, we were that close. So we got a chance to see the dirt. We got a chance to smell and be around all of it. Got a chance to watch these men go out there and do their thing. And it is one of the most intense things that I've ever been a part of. I've been to a lot of sporting events, as have you ladies. Um, you've seen it all. You've been close. You've been far. You got a chance to know a lot of these guys. And you sit there and watch how they go out there. Some of these guys were 18 and 19 years old. My son will be 15 next month. And they were riding professionally. It is, it's a life and death every single time that they go out there. You know, we talk about football players and hockey players going out there and saying, you know, they risk their lives. It's like a car crash every single time. It is truly that for those young men riding those bulls. And the fact that we got a chance to be so close and see it personally, it, it is something that we will never forget. And it, it, they've got fans in our family for sure. Oh, Mike, it sounds like we need to get you a cowboy hat, friend. Giddy up, girl. I love it. No, I love it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the riders who were injured are full recovery, fast recovery. The one came back the next day. He didn't ride. Oh, no. He was there at the arena. He was there at the arena. He walked back in there. Crazy. Oh. back. Yeah, do what you love, right? On. That's yeah. cowboy tough, friend. That's you cowboy tough. tough. That's, cowboy. Why, that's why you do this to him. I salute you, brother. Absolutely. Tip your cap to him. Absolutely. All right. Well, we tip our cap to you, Mike Harge. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. When we were, re, you know, getting the season going back again, football season kicking off, when we're like, who do we want to have on? One of the first names we said. The first name. Yeah, yeah. probably the first name we said was our buddy, Mike Hart. Yeah. Well, I appreciate y'all. Y'all do great work. I'm glad to be a part of this. And y'all always know, and I've told y'all this before, anytime y'all need me, you know that I'm here for you. I enjoy talking to y'all. Y'all do great work and keep up the great work. And if you're not following Fire the Cannon, you ain't living life right. <laughs> will you be at the game this Saturday? I will talk to y'all about that off air. Okay, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, Mike, before we sign off, tell tell the fine folks who are living under a rock that aren't following you already, where can they find you? They can find me right here with my boy. Come on in, dog. Yeah. What's up? They've been asking about you. You're been talking about DJ you. I'll tell you about it in a We get to have DJ on. Here, let's That's... take our picture now while we're all on. on. Hold on. Do you mind, DJ? Because I know y'all kids take 50 pictures a day of yourself. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. Yes. There it is. There um, right. But Mike, where can folks find you online or, or if they want to listen or follow you? Where do, where do you they go? Always find me at Hardball Harge on Twitter, Instagram, and of course on Facebook is Michael hardball harge on facebook most of the time just find me on twitter and instagram that's where i do most of my stuff and uh 
be looking out for uh, some announcements that may be coming out here this week, letting you know what's going down with your boy. Uh, there's a lot of changes that may be on the horizon. That is for sure. I love it. You heard it here first, folks. All right, Rocky, That's where can folks find you? Um, at probably at um, Chinatown on third. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at Rocky knows best on Twitter. She's Rocky knows best. I'm at Texas Fancy Boots on Twitter. As always, y'all, we appreciate you listening. We are officially back. It's good to be back uh, for Fire the Cannon. So signing off for Fire the Cannon. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And I'm Mike, and I'm just hanging out with my girls. Peace. (laughs) And we are Fire the Cannon.